Welcome aboard. My name's Joel Kraut. This is Pushing the Envelope, music decidedly left of center, featuring the finest in the outer realms of contemporary music. And today, we're going to focus on the music of John Cage. John Milton Cage Jr., born September 5th, 1912, passed along an alternate realm. August 12th, 1992, was an American composer, music theorist, writer, and artist. A pioneer of indeterminacy in music, electroacoustic music, and non-standard use of musical instruments, as in the case of the prepared piano, which we will hear some of as we move along here. Cage was one of the leading figures of the post-war avant-garde. Critics have lauded him as one of the most influential American composers of the 20th century. He was also instrumental in the development of modern dance, mostly through his association with choreographer Merce Cunningham, who was also Cage's romantic partner for most of their lives. Cage is perhaps best known for his 1952 composition, 4 minutes and 33 seconds. We will talk about that later, because in phase two, we're going to have audience participation. You don't hear 4 minutes and 33 seconds performed um, on the radio all that often. So we will talk about that because there will be a performance in the second set. I had to think about how to how to frame this in such a way that, well, we'll get there in a little bit. His teachers included Henry Cowell and Arnold Schoenberg, both known for their radical innovations in music, but Cage's major influences lay in various East and South Asian cultures. Through his studies of Indian philosophy and Zen Buddhism in the late 1940s, Cage came to the idea of chance-controlled music, aleatoric music, which he started composing in 1951. The I Ching, an ancient Chinese classic text on changing events, became Cage's standard composition tool for the rest of his life. In a 1957 lecture, Experimental Music, he described music as a purposeless play, which is an affirmation of life, not an attempt to bring order out of chaos, nor to suggest improvements in creation, but simply a way of waking up 
to the very life we're living. I'm going to start with an earlier piece. This was composed in 1947. It's called The Seasons Ballet in One Act, featuring the American Composers Orchestra, conducted by Dennis Russell Davies. Lincoln Kirsten and the Ballet Society in New York City commissioned it, and the opportunity it offered Cage to write for full complement of Western orchestral forces for the first time also produced his first extended piece for conventionally pitched Western instruments. The ballet, with choreography by Merce Cunningham, by now Cage's personal as well as professional partner, was first premiered at the Ziegfeld Theater in New York City, May 18, 1947. We enter phase one of today's... Oh, you're... <laughs> I forgot to tell you. Number one, the reason why we're celebrating, as you may have heard in the little bio thing, John Cage's what would have been 100th birthday was September 5th. So not being on September 5th. Today we celebrate the music of John Cage here on 91.7 WHUS pushing the envelope.
My name's Joel. This is Pushing the Envelope. Music decidedly left of center today, celebrating what would have been the 100th birthday of Mr. John Cage on September 5th. We heard a bunch of interesting items from the choral group Singer Poor off their album with the guitar ensemble Go Guitars. It's called Electric Seraphim, New Soundscapes for Voices and Electric Guitars. And we heard the uh, vocal piece 5 from uh, John Cage's songbook series, one of his later pieces, for any voices or instruments. Before that, an early piece from John Cage, The Seasons. Quite lovely. I really like that piece. Played by the American Composers Orchestra, conducted by Dennis Russell Davies, out on the ECM New Series label from the year 2000. And that brings us up to now. Let us discuss, in our celebration of John Cage, his classic piece, 4 minutes and 33 seconds. How many of you are familiar with that? Raise your hand. Okay. Some have, some haven't. 4 minutes, 33 seconds. It's a three-movement composition, which is sort of funny in and of itself. Composed in 1952 for any instrument or any combination of instruments, and the score instructs the performer not to play the instrument during the entire duration of the piece throughout the three movements, which for the first performance were divided into 30 seconds for the first, 2 minutes and 23 seconds for the second, and 1 minute and 40 seconds for the third. The piece purports to consist of the sounds of the environment that the listeners hear while it is being performed, although it is commonly perceived as 4 minutes 33 seconds of silence. 4 minutes 33 seconds is Cage's most famous and most controversial composition, and by far the best known of many musical works that consist mainly of silence. 4 minutes 33 seconds is an example of automaticism. Since the Romantic era, composers have been striving to produce music that could be separated from any social connections, transcending the boundaries of time and space. In automaticism, composers wish to completely remove both the composers and the artists from the process of creation, This is motivated by the belief that we think of as self-expression is really just an infusion of the art with the social standards that we have been subjected to since birth. Therefore, the only way to achieve truth is to remove the artist from the process of creation. Cage achieves that by employing chance, use of the I Ching or tossing coins, to make compositional decisions. In 4 minutes 33 seconds, neither the artist nor composer has any impact on the piece. Cage has no way of controlling what ambient sounds will be heard by the audience. We are now about to participate in a performance of 4 minutes and 33 seconds, in this case for radio. And for my part, what I'm going to do, just so anyone who might happen to be tuning in doesn't hear what they think is dead silence or dead air, is I'm going to turn the microphones on here inside the studio. So you also have the option of playing with how you want to mix 
the ambient sound happening within the studio to the ambient sound that's happening in your own environment. In honor of Mr. John Cage, a performance of 4 minutes 33 seconds here on 91.7 WHUS.
So it appears not everyone was so thrilled about John Cage's Peace Williams mix from 1952. Williams mix follows a score 500 pages long, which has never been reproduced, each page made up of two 10-inch graphic sections. The tape is to be laid directly on the page, which is a pattern showing all the edits and the angles at which the tape should be cut, as well as recipes for constructing the sounds each piece of tape should contain. In Cage's interpretation of this score, one takes tapes of all possible environmental sounds and applies procedures to each section of tape according to Cage's complicated notation. There was a recipe for every single fragment of tape, and each recipe had to be arrived at through a series of chance procedures. It must have taken a long time. Cage doesn't say how long, but thinking back on the year that these four minutes of sound took to assemble, he later said, It was a highly questionable process in view of the electronic utilities we now have. A piece making the same demands could be programmed now in less than a day. In 1953, this was groundbreaking as well as backbreaking work and was the only way to achieve such a result. John Cage's William Mix, in this case from a wonderful compilation called OHM, O-H-M, The Early Gurus of Electronic Music, 1948-1980, released on the late great Ellipsis Arts label but you should be able to find a used copy of this without too much of a problem. And eventually there's um, a DVD that goes along with it, too, that came out later on that I have to get my hands on. Another instrument John Cage was quite fond of composing for was the toy piano. We're going to hear a little bit later on from Margaret Lang Tan, who he specifically composed for. In this case, we heard pianist Stephen Drury off the Catalyst release from 94 in a landscape. John Cage's Suite for Toy Piano. And we started that set off with our live radio performance of 4 minutes and 33 seconds, John Cage's famous, in quotes, silent piece. Not so much so. I hope you enjoyed that. I hope you were able to get into its intent a bit. I'm always amazed by that piece and how influential it is to how I experience sound in the world and incorporate it into my musical sense. There's some very nice releases on the Ogre Ogress label. We're going to start off with a short piece featuring percussionist Glenn Freeman, a 19... 91 John Cage composition called Six. And then we're going to hear some solo violin from Christina Fong. One of his one pieces, there actually are a few of them, and I have to sort of interpret what we've got here. So as I do that, you may... Proceed to listen to John Cage's Six from percussionist Glenn Freeman as we get into the third and final phase of this morning's Pushing the Envelope here on 91.7 WHUS.
And so we wrap up our 100th birthday edition of Pushing the Envelope. 100th birthday not for us, but for John Cage. With sonatas one through four of his uh, sonatas for prepared piano played by Boris Behrman. Uh, let's see, before that, Margaret Langtan off uh, the great Canadian uh, music magazine, their uh, compilation, Music Works number 52. Uh, we heard his classic from 1948, In a Landscape. 1-6, Section A, from uh, violinist Christina Fong, off the album One Violin, out on Ogre Ogress. That's Ogre, O-G-R-E-O-G-R-E-S-S dot com. And uh, percussionist Glenn Freeman brought us 1991 composition 6. Have a good week. UConn football coming up in mere moments. Do not touch that dial. Till next time, take care.